Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. Today, we are diving into your questions, your concerns, your thoughts, your ideas, all of that stuff. I love doing this every single Saturday. We've been doing this for, gosh, a couple years now. So if you have a question, if you have a challenge, if you just have something that you want to hear me riff on, let me know. The easiest way, uh, well, most people do it through the Primal Potential Free Facebook group, but quick and easy is just direct message me on Instagram. You can find me there at Elizabeth Benton. And one of the cool things about these Saturday episodes, in addition to diving into a huge variety of topics, uh, is that we give something away every single Saturday. And today, I've been getting a lot of questions about my smoothie. If you follow me on Instagram, that's where I post my workouts in my Instagram stories. Uh, that's where I post my daily workouts back into CrossFit um, and my smoothie. I've been getting a lot of questions about what I put in it. And sometimes I just take a picture of the blender. Sometimes I take a picture of my actual smoothie. But in it is my favorite plant-based protein. Somebody asked me yesterday why I use a plant protein versus a traditional whey protein. Uh, whey is a common allergen, and even if you don't have a known sensitivity to it, it can disrupt your, your gut lining and have just like little small irritations that you might not even notice symptoms of. Um, and while a lot of plant proteins are avoided because they're like grainy and gritty and not tasty, this one is very, very creamy for a handful of reasons. It uses chickpeas, um, which if you've ever made hummus, you know that it can be very creamy. So it is my favorite organic plant protein. I'm going to be giving away a whole canister of that in the flavor vanilla. So listen to the end of the episode to see if maybe it was you. Who wins today? Before we get into today's episode, a lot of questions, where was Sarah the last two weeks? And the answer is that Sarah was here, um, but with COVID, we're not working in the same space. And so I just needed to record when I needed to record and our schedules didn't align. Um, so no drama there. Since then, however, Sarah has decided just in the last couple of days that, well, from when I'm recording this the last couple of days, that she wants to work full-time on her business, which I think is amazing. With COVID, Sarah owns a business that we've talked about before. She makes these beautiful hand-painted signs, and COVID changed things because a lot of it was based around shows, and she just decided that she wanted the flexibility to be able to pour into that whenever she needs to. I totally support that 100%, um, and we still have a really phenomenal team here at Primal Potential, but just wanted to give you guys a heads up about that. All right, questions, questions. There are some good ones. This first one has a little bit of a story to it, so sit back 
as I set the stage for you. This one says, my question revolves around commitment and how to stay accountable to my daily goals. I am an artist and a stay-at-home mother slash wife. I start every morning journaling my intentions for the day, which always contains a healthy eating plan plus time for painting. Normally, the family's needs overtake my plans, and by 4 p.m., I haven't spent any time on my art. I get frustrated, and after dinner, I go for the junk food. I have journaled my thoughts enough to realize what my feelings and actions are doing. I have even tried to create a plan where I tell my family do not disturb working now, but my obligation to take care of my family's needs are more of a priority, but I kind of get frustrated with that too. I'm in a tug of war between my desire to create, which is my passion versus my dedication to my family. As a result, I overeat at night, all with full awareness of what I'm doing. It's exhausting and getting me nowhere. How do I reconcile these feelings? I want to stay committed to my health, but I am sabotaging myself daily. Oh my gosh, so much I want to dive into here. First, love your honesty and awareness because that's where it begins. When we call it out, we have the ability to break it down and do things differently. Most importantly, when you say, I'm frustrated because I'm not getting to spend time on my art because of the needs of my family, as a result, I overeat at night. That is the biggest point at which we get to make a shift. The food has nothing to do with the problem, right? You have created a narrative that says, because I'm frustrated, I eat. Therefore, since the source of my frustration is not getting to spend time on my art because of my priority taking care of my family, they're the reason that I'm overeating. No, they're not. It has nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it at all. And that is where I want you guys to kind of think about where you're not being honest. The one has nothing to do with the other. You've just created this narrative that says they are related. The conclusions you jump to are based on the context that you create. So you have wrapped in the context of your frustration into your decision to eat because it works, right? Because that's the card you play to say, well, this is the reason I'm eating. When it's entirely unrelated, when I'm working with clients, we work on identifying clearly the problem and identifying clearly the solution and identifying things that are unrelated to either. Food is not related to the problem or the solution. You've just created that context and that's what leads you to the conclusion to eat. That is where the work begins. Now, to get kind of more granular and nitty gritty, if you're saying it's 4 p.m. and I haven't spent any time on my art day after day after day, do it first. Do it before you journal. If you have the time in the morning to journal, then use that time for art. And you might think, well, it's not enough time. Well, it's better than none, right? Maybe that's where you start. You do that first. Maybe that means doing it before the kids get up. Maybe it means that they're occupied with breakfast and getting ready for the day, and that's when you can do it. Start to get creative. If you find that 4 p.m. is coming around and you haven't done it, and also you're not doing it after 4 p.m., start looking at how can I be a creative, energetic problem solver? And I don't know how old your kids are, but maybe they have art time at the same time right? Obviously, if they're older, they might not be as excited about that. But if they're older, then they can do other things. You have to give more energy to the solution than you do to the problem. And 
Be more honest with yourself. Practice being brutally honest that you have created a story that this is somehow related to food when in reality it is not at all related to food. You've just created an additional problem because of the context that you are creating. The last thing I want to touch on, and I've talked about this a lot, so I won't spend too much time on it, but uh, this person wrapped up their message by saying, I am sabotaging myself daily. No, you're not. You're making a choice, right? When we say sabotage, number one, it tends to overlook what sabotage really is. And number two, it is a very dramatic way of thinking. And I know everybody gets sensitive when we talk about being dramatic. I don't mean it in a bad way. I don't mean it in a critical way. But there's a difference between I'm choosing to eat because I'm not being honest with myself, like I'm using what's happening in my life as a reason, like as a story to talk myself into it because I'm frustrated, I'm going to overeat. Sabotage is intentionally trying to do yourself or someone else harm. And I don't think that's what's happening here, right? If it was, you wouldn't be reaching out about this. You're not intentionally trying to do yourself harm. You just have a, you have a practice. You have a pattern. And that is not sabotage. Sabotage makes us all feel more dramatic about it. And when we remove the drama, the solution becomes far more clear. Okay, the next question says, Everything for me right now is about how to make that mental shift back to where I was. I physically know exactly what needs to be done. I just don't know how to rediscover my motivation and determination to do it. So there's two things that jump out to me in this message. Mental shift backwards to where I was, that jumps out at me, and the sense that you have to rediscover motivation in order to do it. What if instead of making a mental shift backwards to where you were, you decided instead to make a shift to where you want to go, right? Because ultimately, even though we understand like this pattern I used to have, this habit I used to have, I want to have that again, we don't have to move backwards. And sometimes it's the sense that we have to get things back to the way they were that holds us up because maybe there are other elements that, that are different. Maybe other things in your environment or your life or your circumstances have changed and so it's not going to be the way that it was. Look at what you want to create for now instead of thinking about it in terms of what you want to get back to. Second part is, she says, I, ju- I know what to do. I just don't know how to rediscover my motivation and determination to do it. Well, what if you don't need to be motivated or determined? You just have to choose it one moment at a time, one day at a time, one specific choice at a time. And you welcome doing it unmotivated, and you welcome doing it without determination. I have been recently back to CrossFit for probably about two weeks now. Um, I got away from it during my pregnancy, and then, of course, um, after my C-section, had to stay away from it for a while. And never once, not once, have I been motivated to go. Not once have I been determined to crush the workout. And I just, as I get in my car, as I put on my shoes, I think I'm going to do this not motivated. I'm going to do this without determination. I'm going to do this because I know that it is good for me right now in this season, and that is enough. So you've already established, you know what needs to be done. Great. What can you do with that today? This doesn't have to turn into some big mapped out plan for the next 30 days or the next 60 days or for the rest of your life. 
what is the thing that I know to do that I will do today? If I were to ask myself that in real time right now as I record this, it happens to be on a Friday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning, what is it that I know to do that I will do today? Meditate and go for a walk and avoid sugar. Okay, those will, be, those will just be my three things. I already did my CrossFit workout this morning. So you can do the same thing. What is it that I know to do that I can do today? And it doesn't matter if it's one thing or it's 12 things. You steer away from 12. That might be a little overwhelming. But it doesn't matter if it's one, if it's two, if it's four, if it's six. If you want to go for 12 because you're a superstar, do that. If you have a lot of bandwidth today and you have the time for 12, awesome. But you do not have to be determined and you do not have to be motivated. If you know what to do, you can do it. These emotional states, motivated, determined, or these negative emotional states, frustrated, stressed, sometimes we think that they have to match up in the way that we want them to, to take action. And that's just not true. The action and the emotional state are separate. And when we practice that, I'm going to do this unmotivated. I'm going to do this without focus. I'm going to do this without determination. I'm going to do this stressed. I'm going to do this sad. We realize just how much freedom we have. And it's not so much that the action is hard. It's that we were waiting. We put ourselves in this artificial holding pattern because we thought the emotional state had to match. And it doesn't. Okay, the next question says, how come the problem feels more important than the solution? Oh, I got to give you major kudos for the awareness there because that is tremendous. So many people give um, energy and attention and emotion to the problem, but couldn't so beautifully and precisely describe it as you did. The problem feels more important than the solution. And this comes down to your attention your attention. It really is just that. We get to choose how much of our time, of our energy, of our attention, of our emotion we give to the problem or we give to the solution. And I was on a webinar recently where I was explaining that most people go a mile deep and a mile wide on the problem and an inch deep in the solution. We can go through how we feel about the problem, when it started, why it started, what contributed to it, how it makes us feel, how many times we've tried something different. This happens all the time when I'm on the phone with clients or on a coaching call. They will go into every aspect of the problem. If it was a term paper, it would be like 1A through Q, point 0.2A through Z, Point three, and it would go through like 67 points with sub points under each one about the problem. And then when we start to talk about the solution, they're like at a loss. They're vague and they're general, but with the problem, they are specific. They can tell me the who, what, when, where, how, why, how it made them feel, who it implicated, what happened after. We go a mile deep on the problem and only an inch deep on the solution. And that is why the problem feels more important than the solution, because we give it more of our time, because we give it more of our attention. We give it more of our emotion. And this is a shift that we can make. How do you make the solution feel more important than the problem? The context that you create. And I said this a few minutes ago, the conclusions you jump to are based on the context you create. The conclusions you jump to are based on the context you create. 
And when the problem feels more important than the solution, it's only because the context, the story that you tell about it, is much more robust about the problem. You're more emotionally invested in the problem. But we can shift. We can create a new context. We can start giving more time and more energy to the solution. Instead of going an inch deep on the solution, but a mile deep and a mile wide on the problem, we can start to say, you know what? I'm going to give more of my thoughts to the solution today. I'm going to give more of my actions to the solution today. I'm going to give more of my energy and more of my emotion to the solution today. This next one says, what would you consider your easiest thing to do when starting to lose weight? The easiest thing to do when starting to lose weight. Good question. Everybody's different. You know, I can't say that there's one thing that's going to be the easiest thing for everybody. But if I had to paint with a broad brush, and a lot of you probably can guess what I'm going to say here, journaling. And here's why. If you are not paying attention to your choices, it's going to be really, really hard to step in and optimize. If you're not paying attention, it's so easy to just go through the motions and a little thing here and a little thing there. And I mean, I'm doing better than I was, but it's all ambiguous. It's all really vague. You've got to know what you're looking at. You've got to start with the practice of paying more attention, not judging, not criticizing, but just paying more attention to the decisions that you make, to what you put in your mouth, how much and when, are you hungry? Are you really hungry? Are you a little hungry? Is your energy high? Is your energy low? Is your mood high? Is your mood low? I would say journaling. In the 12 Weeks of Transformation, we send out a physical identity journal to help with this process, though it's not geared towards weight loss. It is geared towards awareness. And no matter what the changes you want to make in this particular question, it's weight loss. You have to be aware of what you're doing and you have to increase that awareness practice in order to make an improvement. Somebody else asked about journaling uh, and they said, how do you get good at it? And wonderfully, it's very simple. You just keep doing it. You know, you just keep doing it. Here's the trick though. Do it with effort. A lot of people are journaling and just going through the motions or, you know, they're kind of keeping a diary. I recorded an episode recently with Rachel Luna that'll air soon. And uh, she talks about the difference between journaling and intentional journaling or keeping a diary and journaling with intention. So not rushing through it to check the box and be like, I journaled today, but you really spent 60 seconds not really paying attention to whatever you put down on paper. So I would say journaling with intention, giving it effort, and just don't stop. Just don't stop paying attention. Don't stop your intentional journaling and time will make you better. A couple more questions, and then we will announce who is winning my very favorite protein powder in vanilla flavor. How do I get out of my own way? How do I get out of my own way? It's tough to address this in just an answer to a question. It's why I developed the 12 Weeks to Transformation, because I wanted to create a system around it. I wanted to create a collection of tools around it. I wanted to create an environment where we could practice with those tools. But I will tell you three things that I went over in a webinar I did a couple weeks ago. Number one, and we already touched on this one, go deeper into the solution than you do into the problem. Spend more time and energy in the solution than you do in the problem. More emotion into the solution than into the problem. The second thing, ask better questions. 
instead of just going through the motions, what could I do today to stay out of my own way? What needs to be different today so that I can get out of my own way? How might I get in my own way today and how am I willing to show up differently? Ask better questions. And then the third thing that I went through on the webinar recently was community and coaching. One of the best things I've done for myself in the last couple of years is be a bigger part of community. And part of that is my business mastermind. Part of that is network marketing. But if I feel like I'm in my way with something, I just speak up about it in a a crew of people that are really working on the similar kinds of things. And I'll say like, you know, it's a fear-based thing or it's a strategy-based thing. It's an uncertainty-based thing. It's a lack of motivation-based thing. And the community and or having a coach is a real game changer there. Again, though, it's tough to dive into that because we have the whole 12 Weeks to Transformation system that's really focused on the tools for that and the implementation of those tools, but those are just a few things to kind of get you started. Speaking of getting started, this next question says, how do I keep strong at the end of the day? I just need to start, but by the end of the day, it all falls apart. How to keep strong at the end of the day. I love to give this... um, I don't know if it's an analogy or not, but we'll call it that. I always get those things confused, but it doesn't matter because you'll be able to follow. If we all lined up on the edge of a football field, like me and 15 of you, okay, and we are going to race to the end of the football field, me and 15 of you, for the first few steps, we'd all probably be right in line with each other. It wouldn't be until the 10-yard line, the 15-yard line, the 20-yard line that you'd start to see people drop back and other people move ahead. And that just reflects their training. And the reason I use that analogy is because we're all good at the start. Most of us just haven't practiced at the finish. And so it's the finish where you see who has practiced. Finishing strong isn't any magic. It's just a practice. So if we're running side by side, me and 14 of you guys, and there's 15 of us along the line, and and somebody starts to drop behind at the 10-yard line, and somebody else starts to drop behind at the 20-yard line, and somebody else pulls ahead at the 30-yard line, it just goes to show who is more practiced, who is more experienced at going the distance. And the people who drop off just haven't put in the time in the practice. So what I would have you do is ask and answer what would it look like to finish strong today? And I would have that be your only practice right now. And it doesn't even have to be at the end of the day. What does it look like to finish this podcast strong? For me personally, I'm asking myself that, right? What would it look like to finish this podcast strong? Or what would it look like to finish my workout strong? Practice being a strong finisher. What does it look like to finish this snack strong or this meal strong or this conversation strong? What does it look like to finish this day strong? Can I practice that just this one time? Practice being a strong finisher. Practice being a strong finisher. Do you start out folding the laundry all meticulously and by the end it's all sloppy and it's not organized? Practice finishing folding the laundry strong. I know it seems silly, but we've all practiced the strong start a bajillion times. We haven't practiced the strong finish enough. I use every workout as an opportunity here. I want to finish my workout stronger than I started it. That is one way. 
Finishing the day strong. Sometimes for me, that just means taking out my contacts, washing my face, and putting on pajamas instead of going to bed in my clothes. And I'm not talking like I'm not going to bed in jeans, but you know, in my leggings and a sports bra, not having washed my face or taken out my contacts. Sometimes it's as small as that, but we have to practice being a strong finisher. We have to practice. All right. Let's announce today's winner. But first, if you are not the winner today, let me tell you how you can win. There's three ways to win. If you do all three on any given week, you have three chances to win. The first way is leaving a review of this podcast on Apple Podcast. If you haven't done that yet, thank you in advance. If you have not yet left a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, that is another way to enter to win. Or lastly, you can post on Facebook or Instagram. Be sure to tag me and share an episode that you're listening to or something that you've learned. Tag me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. On Facebook, it's Primal Potential Podcast. Not to be confused with Primal Potential. On Facebook, Primal Potential is like a playground or something like that. Seriously, it's true. doesn't really have any followers, but it's true. So don't tag the playground people. I think it's a playground. I don't know. It's been years since I looked, but... It's Primal Potential Podcast on Facebook. And we will give something away totally free on us, shipping and everything, every single week. Today's winner is getting my very favorite organic plant protein in vanilla. I like the vanilla and the chocolate, but I just have an extra vanilla here. So that is what we are giving away. To claim your prize, you have to do it in 60 days. Email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Yep, that is my Chris. He's helping me mail these out. Christopher at primalpotential.com. C-H-R-I-S-T-O-P-H-E-R. Today's winner is at Chrissy.Henning. At Chrissy.Henning, you win my very favorite protein. I don't know why I said it like that. That was weird. I'm weird, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. You win at Chrissy.Henning. Email Christopher at PrimalPotential.com. Give him this episode number. Let him know you won. He will ship it out to you no matter where you live in the world. And next week, we'll give away another prize. I hope you guys have an amazing day. Keep the questions coming. I really enjoy answering them and diving into them with you and for you. Reach out on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. DM me anytime. Tell me how I can help you. And I'll talk to you very soon. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.